the last, uh, I don't know, five, six uh, days, Father Leah and I were just talking last night. We were like, we, we've preached a lot of masses. We prayed a lot of masses. And this morning when I woke up, my voice was shot. And a good priest would take that as a sign to do a short homily. I'm not a particularly good priest. Uh, so we'll see what we got. Um, it's a remarkable thing uh, that, that we're used to this story. We've heard it over and over again. Um, and we have all these images, uh, the one right in front of me. And there is a cuteness to it all that really is tough to deny. Uh, of all the babies that had ever been born, he appears to be the only one who got a orange glowy thing uh, around his head, yeah? Um, it's a very cute scene. And it can be easy for that to distract us from the fact that this was one of the most remarkable, humble, brave declarations of war that the world had ever seen and will ever see that this moment that we celebrate was God looking over the battlefield and saying, I'm with you. It's a remarkable thing to think of. When you look at the book of Genesis, God had an idea when he made us, and it was pretty simple. You'll be with me. And he gave us the gift of free will. And he did that because love that is chosen is the best kind of love. And in that, we used our free will badly. And in that process, we got bent. And the scripture started with this idea where it said, quote, Adam and God would walk together in the cool mist of the garden. They'd talk. And we went from that to Adam hiding and, and kind of blaming God. It was that chick you put here. Yeah, you remember this? And then from then, it, it got worse. Within a few verses, we're murdering each other. And for the next 2,000 years of human history that our Old Testament tells us about, we were all about ourselves. And the fruit of that was evident. Cruelty, anger, murder, all sorts of awful things. And if you read a little bit of the Old Testament, that's all you see, but then you hear things like our, our first reading where every once in a while, one of the prophets stands up and he says something that almost makes you want to cry. He says, it's not always going to be like this. He's coming to our rescue. Now, if it was me and I was God and we should all thank the Lord that didn't happen, uh, I, I guess I would just knock the evil people around. Yeah, take care of all the good people and we'd be all set. And I would do that because I keep forgetting I'm part of the problem. I keep forgetting that God's interest is in saving everyone. And to that end, what did he do? Well, he saw our human nature was the problem, so he took it on. He became fully human and fully God in the moment he was conceived in his mom's womb. The shockwave went through all of humanity and, and hit you at your conception. The divine is in you. When Jesus mixed human and divine DNA, 
He made a lot of incredible things possible. And in that process, Jesus lived the rest of his life on earth, sanctifying every human experience that isn't sin. The first time he laughed, laughter became holy. The first time he cried, tears became holy. He didn't have to do it that way. But that's what he did because that's what we do. We have three things that define us as humans, and every one of them are are tough to endure. Sin and suffering and death, that's the problem, huh? The worst one's sin, but it's the one we like, yeah? Sin, suffering, and death, so what did he do with each? We'll, we'll, We'll start with suffering. That Jesus chose suffering. We did not have to suffer, but he chose to because you and I suffer, and it defines us in so many ways. We're not supposed to look forward to suffering. I've read about a couple saints who prayed, Lord, send me suffering, and I would like to talk to those saints and tell them to knock it off. Uh, I got enough. How about you? I make plenty of my own by being a sinner, by being a fallen person, or by simply trying to be a good person, but in a falling world, we all suffer. And there's no way around it. It's the only way to grow. And God chose to suffer then as a human so that suffering would be holy. God's answer to our pain is not a philosophy or a theology. It's a person. It's Jesus. So that when you suffer, you and I can know, oh, he's with me. And that when we suffer, we can say to the Lord, I join you in your suffering. Because he joined us in ours for no other reason than love. This decision was pretty simple. You hurt, well then I'll hurt. We'll hurt together. But beyond that, he did something even more extraordinary with the suffering. He used it to save us. He took the worst thing humans have ever done, and we've we've really established some records on the worst things ever, but we killed God. And he used that suffering of being abandoned by his friends. He used the suffering of being lied to and lied about. He took the suffering of being unjustly accused and all the way up to executed. And he turned it into the way we can go to heaven. It's a remarkable thing. And again, for no other reason than he's in love. Love is not a rational act. And he proved it that day. He didn't have to die, but you died. So he decided to. And in that, guys, whenever we find ourselves overwhelmed, irritated, whatever, by our own sins and failures, can we trust that he dealt with it? Can we trust that in that moment, He took all our sins on himself, and he died so that our sins would die too. Can we we trust that? And can we trust that that love right there is stronger than our failure? A lot stronger. In the words of Scripture, love is stronger than death. Love is more stern than the underworld. It cannot be defeated. 
And that's what brings us to the last one, huh? Death. That death is an unavoidable thing. And I assume everyone here, we've all stood at graves and we cried. We've all dealt with that sorrow of hope. Maybe I'll get to see them again. But he's here today to tell you that the whole reason he came was so that you could have hope. As humans, we were in a pretty bad way. And he came running to our rescue. In the cuteness of this, it is lovely. I love little squeakers, you know that. But man, this was the greatest, this was the beginning of the end of the tyranny of suffering the tyranny of sin and the tyranny of death. Make no mistake, this was a declaration of war and we won. So that's why we rejoice, guys. Sin doesn't get the last word, mercy does. Suffering doesn't get the last word, love does. And hope doesn't get, or death doesn't get the last word, hope does. So that's his Christmas gift to you and to me and to every human who will ever be born. How blessed are we to celebrate this together, huh? Amen? Amen. All right.